Well, here we go. If you are, we have a family worship today, so if you're a child up to fifth grade, could you stand for a second? If you're a child up to fifth grade, just stand for a moment. It's good to have our children with us. You can stand. I want to just tell you something very important. The church is a body. We all play parts. All of us have very, very important parts. And what you experienced this morning was one of Uh, a very, very unique situation. It was unique in the sense that most churches that transfer senior pastors one to another do it nothing like what you've seen today. So I know you may be too young to understand and fully grasp what actually just happened, but just know that what you just experienced as part of our family is historical. And so your parents will tell you that there are memories in time, there are moments where you just want to grab them and lock them in your heads, Children, just lock this one in your heads, because this was the day where the church body came together and affirmed what the Lord was doing. The elders did their job of putting someone forward. Pastor Bill handed off the responsibility perfectly, and we're stepping into a new chapter together. And we need to praise God for that as a congregation. That's a a great, great blessing. You can be seated. For you who are old enough to either have been here longer than Pastor Bill was, or you who have been in churches that have gone through senior pastor transitions, most of them probably didn't look anything like what you experienced just this morning, because oftentimes they are, uh, they are birthed out of conflict or frustration or conflict or a, a weariness or all of these, in, any number of factors that could divide a church. What I see happening here is that God is uniting his church through the transition that Bill Mitchell has laid forward for us and and coached us through, Uh, and we're thankful for that. I'm thankful to the elders. Um, Lisa Sangri Mark was instrumental in bringing me into uh, the fold as an elder, and as the chairman of the personnel committee at the time was instrumental in pulling me forward even in this process as, as Pastor Bill and I were continuing to talk. So I thank the entire elders for what they've done. I mean, really watching them govern this process and move it forward in a proper way has been uh, just a joy for me and Jana to experience. Bill, thank you for trusting me. Thank you for just everything, the friendship, the connection, the teamwork, uh, everything that has happened, the things that will happen. Uh, I just thank you personally for that. The staff has been great in welcoming in, in and... Um, now the ruffles will start getting feather, or feathers will start getting ruffled, but that's okay. It's been a fun ride so far. Just kidding, just kidding. We've had a great time with the staff, so staff, thank you for encouraging me and, and bringing me into, into the team. And as a congregation, thank you for the affirmation. Uh, there have been lots of text messages and, and calls and reminders that you're standing with and around us. Uh, just remember, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy that now steps into a new role, a new responsibility in the church. You have a responsibility too, just like I do, just like the elders do, but together we are moving forward into a new chapter. It's important to realize that what we're doing today is not moving into a new book. We're moving into a new chapter in the same book. And so this chapter will feel maybe differently than the chapter before it, but it's not going to be a different volume altogether. It's going to be a new perspective on what we have already been doing, which is pursuing Christ, trying to change our world. 
And so we're going to continue to walk forward in that way, all of us picking up sharpened responsibilities as we go. So it might be a change of perspective for some of you. It might be a fresh start for some of you. Maybe this is a moment in this time of transition for you to re-engage in the church, maybe step forward in a new way. God is doing wonderful and fantastic things through our body, and I'm convinced that Boca Raton Community Church will continue to be a leader in the city and will continue to be influential throughout the world, and I'm excited to see what God is going to do in and through us as we go forward, and the message this morning is called Towards Christlikeness Together, Towards Christlikeness Together. Because that's what we are embarking on this morning as we're continuing the journey to walk towards Christ-likeness because that's what we've been called to do. We have not been called to be happy. We have not been called to uh, be perfect. We've been, we're, we're called to be Christ-like, continually being conformed to the image of our master. And so we continue in that process this morning. I want to look this morning during our time together in Ephesians chapter 4. I know last year we went through this, this entire letter together But the Apostle Paul gives us some important instructions with regards to how the church is to exist. And I think it might give us some good context as we step into this chapter together this morning. Pick up with me in chapter 11 of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. And he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which, it's equi- which, with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let's pray together. Father, anytime we come to your word, we need to be reminded that that it is the inspired word from your mouth, from your mind, from your heart to ours. God, it it informs us. It is to sharpen our thinking. It is to change our perspective. Uh, We are to become in conformity to it and not the other way around. The prophet says that your word is like fire and like hammer that smashes a rock. Your word says that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces and cuts and divides and sharpens. And God, we come to you and we come to your word and we ask that you would challenge us and teach us and encourage us. I pray that you would make us people that think more biblically as we pursue Christ-likeness together. pray that you'd open this passage up to us, open our hearts to what you want from us today so that we might leave this place different than when we came in. God, we want you to be pleased and honored and glorified in us. We ask that you do this. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So as we're looking through this text, we see three different roles within the body. The Apostle Paul likes the image of the body to describe how the church is to operate. A bunch of individual units, each with a different task, a different role, a different responsibility, all working together in unison to accomplish something great. 
We can't overfocus on one or the other because all of them working together make the body function, not just any one or other member. And so in this passage, Paul lays out for us three different parts or pieces or participants in the body. We see what the pastor or the uh, leaders are to do. We see what the body itself is to do. And we see what the Lord himself has promised to do. So we're going to look at the pastor's role, the people's role, and the Lord's role in this passage. When we look particularly at the pastor, uh, there's a listing of multiple types or flavors of leaders within the church. I'm going to focus mostly on the shepherd teacher, shepherd uh, teacher role because I feel like that's where my giftings are. So what we've seen today is the Lord has put me in this position, and I say that humbly. It may sound arrogant or it may sound presumptuous in some way. I humbly step into this role feeling that God has called and gifted me for this time. And so I step forward as a shepherd and a teacher, and my role in this organization going forward is to do three things. First, or primarily, to equip. My job is to equip you for the work of service. My job is not to stand up here and do all the work. My job is to help you so that you do the work. And what is the work? The work is living out Christ-likeness among the members of us of the church family, but even beyond into your workplaces, your neighborhood, and on beyond that even to the, the farthest reaches of the world. But my job primarily is to equip. And so when I think about what equipping looks like, the word in the Greek actually means to bring to perfection. Now, for some of you, that's a major, major task, and I'm not sure I have enough time in my lifetime to bring that to fruition. Pointing, myself, pointing at myself as well. But my job is to bring to completion God's work in you. That's what equipping is. And I see my role from this passage taking three areas. First, my job is to educate. My job is to take the word of God and to deliver it to you. My job is to surround myself and gather a team of people who will bring the word to you. Pastor Bill is going to be one of those people. Pastor Bill III is going to be another. Francois, others God will raise up into a position of teaching, educating. I like the word educating more than teaching because when you think about education, we go through this process of education from preschool all the way up to advanced degrees. But the end goal of education is not just to have a piece of paper that says, I know this. The goal of education is to have information that you might do something with it. You know, like I do, those who are perpetual students. They're always in school, but they never get a job. They're always in school. They're always learning. They're always getting more information, and they're always correcting others, but they're never actually doing anything with the information you get. The goal of education is to equip individuals with the mind and the skills to do our job as, as the leaders of the church, to equip the body so that you might do a big part of that education process is understanding God's Word. And as I prayed, we, we come to the Word to be educated by the Word. We want the Word to inform us. And I'm afraid that too often we don't think biblically forward. We may remember Bible verses. We may think about what Scripture says, but we don't actually make decisions biblically going forward. So our goal is to drive through every involvement you have within, within the church to educate you with regards to the word 
so that the body understands God's word at such a deep level that we just live it out in our decisions forward. Biblically informed decision making is critical. My job as pastor is to equip you, to educate you in the ways of the word so that you might go forward. Now, that's going to filter down through, through the elders, down through the staff, through the group leaders and beyond. But we need to be about the business of knowing God's word, not just so that we can get a diploma, and I love Awana, but not another pen or a patch. But we need God's word in our heart that we might do biblical living. The pastor equips by educating. The pastor also equips by orchestrating. Now, this is the complexity of the pastoral role, and Pastor Bill indicated it just, recent, just a moment ago. This is not an easy task. In case you're wondering, I do work on more days than Sunday. There are a lot of things happening throughout this, this church all the time. Now, I'm not personally responsible for all of those. But there is a task with regards to equipping that is orchestrating the work of the church. I like the word orchestrating because I think in terms of a, a symphony, if you can kind of imagine yourself in a, in a concert hall with the symphony sprawled out before you, instruments of all different sorts, people dressed up and, and sitting ready, and there's the mad scientist that stands up and he begins acting almost like a madman, or she almost acts like a mad woman, directing and calling instruments to action. If you think about it, the conductor of the orchestra is really not doing anything. What the conductor of the orchestra is doing is getting everybody else to do what they're supposed to do at the right time. And so my role in part is to orchestrate the events of the church. Yes, we are moving towards Christ's likeness. Yes, we are moving there together. But it's orchestrating the pieces of the puzzle so that as we move forward together, we're working like a well-oiled machine. Pastor equips by orchestrating. Maybe closest to the actual title and maybe closest to my heart in this is a pastor shepherds. The word pastor means shepherd. We will walk through life together. I don't know how long the Lord has us together, but we are going to be walking through good and bad. We're going to be looking, walking through deaths and burials and funerals and griefs and joys and triumphs and graduations and grandchildren. We're going to be walking through multiple political election times. That was supposed to be funny a little bit because uh, <laughs> we are walking together through. There are going to be so many events in life that we as a body are going to be walking together. I as a shepherd I'm going to be walking with you together. I'm concerned about your lives. I'm not concerned about your participation. I'm not concerned about your ties. I'm concerned about your lives, your hearts, your souls. I want your soul to be like Christ. The pastor equips by educating, by orchestrating, by shepherding. And if God would have me, I want to do that for a long, long, long time with you. I don't want to pastor another church. I want to pastor you. And so I make the commitment today that I will, as Ezra did, study the law, practice the law, and teach the law. I will spend my days thinking about ways I can orchestrate us to greater good in the community and the world. I will do what I can to walk with you and through, not that I know everything or am even the smartest guy in the room, but what I will commit to do is walking with you towards Christ's likeness together. 
But I'm not the only one in this passage that has a responsibility. You as the body also has a responsibility. I say you kind of halfway seriously because the you includes me because I'm part of the body. Yes, I play a role and the staff plays a role and the elders play a role, but we are in this body together. So collectively, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility first to grow up. You cannot be a baby forever. We as a church cannot be in our infancy forever. I'm not saying we're infants. God is doing fantastic things to this church. But we can't in our personal lives or in our collective body look at ourselves a year ago and think that we're in the same place, right? We ought to be maturing on and on and on. It's an animated movie I've watched with my kids where there's a grown man with a set of diapers on and a baby bottle. And we laugh at the picture of it because it's ridiculous. But sometimes spiritually, we are okay sitting back in our diapers rather than seeing that our job is to grow up in the Lord. We are to work together to grow up towards Christ-likeness. The body's responsibility is to grow, and it's to grow up. But also, you are to grow down. He says, we are not to be like children, verse 14, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. We are to grow down, and by that I mean we need to, like a tree with its roots, we need to drive our strength and our security down deep so that we're not hit around in, in, uh, by the waves. Every time I think about waves, I think of I think what we can call it the baptism of 2023. Uh, if you were with us at the beach last fall, uh, Pastor Bill and I tried to baptize a number of people, and I think we probably baptized about 96% of them because the waves were so hard and crashing against us that we could barely even stand. I think somebody even lost their swim swim shorts, but I'm not gonna mention that right now. (laughs) It was a moment where we're standing literally trying to keep our sure footing, but the waves were literally knocking us off our feet. If you take that picture and apply it to our lives, we ought not to be people that are constantly knocked here and there and everywhere by the, the wind, what is it, the wind of doctrine? by human cunning, by craftiness, by deceitful schemes. Notice all of those are uh, knowledge-type things. If you're anchored in the Word of God, if you know how to think biblically about things, you're not going to be knocked off balance by the different voices. More so, perhaps, in this generation than any other, you have a, a plethora of people speaking into your lives. You can turn on the radio and the and the... They're not called disc jockeys anymore. What are they called? The radio personalities in between each song. They're trying to pastor you. They're wanting your prayer requests. They're wanting to reach out to you. They're wanting to give you the word. They're wanting to educate you in some way, shape, or form. You go on YouTube and you find pastor after pastor, teacher after teacher, social media. Everywhere you go, you have voices trying to tell you what to believe and how to think, even about Christian things. As an individual, you need to be rooted in the word so that your feet go down and you're anchored, not by what others say, but by the word of what, what, the, what the Word of God says. Now, and I'm going to, over the course of our time together, I'm probably going to have some pretty decent sermons, and I'm probably going to have some flops. But in the end of all of this, what really matters is that not that you appreciate my, my preaching. What really matters is that you understand God's Word. 
and that you understand it more fully and you understand the God that is revealing himself in that word and you're able to walk more faithfully because of it. We need to grow up. We need to grow down. But we also need to grow together. Paul ends this section speaking about the the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow. So when we talk about each part, we're not just talking about the the, the 20% that do 80% of the work. When we're talking about each part, we're talking about literally every single person that's in here doing the part that God has given you to play, the role that he's given you to play. We are all responsible to do what we're supposed to do because in that, we grow together. The problem so often is we begin fighting with each other. And the tensions start rising when we start disagreeing with each other. But Paul's very clear that as a body, we need to grow up, we need to grow down, we need to grow together. Unity, the unity through this process has been remarkable. To be able to see the leadership of the church come together, to see the, the encouragement from the congregation coming together, we are standing together in a very good, united place right now. God wants us to grow closer and closer and closer. Just for a shameless plug for groups, if you're not connected somewhere, that's a piece of the puzzle is you diving into a group of smaller people where you can connect together and live life together. Yes, you can live by participating on Sunday morning, but the life of the church happens when we're knit together in honest relationships. I encourage you to connect. Why? Because the body has a role. The body's role is to grow. And the body grows up, grows down, and grows together as it goes forward. And I trust we will. Notice how I didn't say anything in that about the the numbers of people involved in our church growing. I didn't talk about church planting. I didn't talk about adding services. I didn't talk about any of those things. I'm fully convinced that if healthy things are healthy, they will grow. They will grow numerically. They will grow in influence. They will grow in, in impact. Our job is not to grow in impact as a goal. Our goal is to grow more like Christ and let him cause the fruit. And he will. We just need to be faithful to follow him. The body grows up, grows down, and grows together. Third, the Lord directs. So the pastor equips, the body grows, the Lord directs. Verse uh, 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the, Christ, the head. Who is that? Christ. Christ is the head of the body. And any good noggin will direct the path of the person. Where your eyes go, your body will follow suit. Where your head swivels, your body will come behind. God, the Lord Jesus is the same way. He is our head. He, he throws out instruction. He gives direction. He gives vision. He guides us. He goes before us. And as our director, he does three things that Paul mentions. First, he supplies. It says that from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. That word equipped talks about getting, being given tools for a job. So we see here the Lord Jesus as head of the church giving people, yes, to orchestrate the work of the body. But we see Jesus also giving what is needed to each individual part so that the individual parts can do their thing together so that together the body does great things. The Lord Jesus is the head of the church. He supplies everything we need for the work that we are about to do. 
I love the fact that he does not leave us without guidance. He doesn't leave us without help. He doesn't leave us without support. He gives us everything we need to accomplish what he has called us to do. And that is be conformed to the image of his son. But the Lord Jesus also unites. These words are really powerful. From whom the whole body joined and held together. Joined is the same word that is used to describe the marriage relationship. So in some way, when we become members of one another, we become married with each other. Now, I don't want to go too deep into that right now. We'll come back to the issue of membership later. But there's something sacred about the fact that you and I are committing to this thing together. Almost like a marriage. That we are not just committed to each other as long as the music is good. Or we're committed together as long as Pastor Bill is here. Or we're committed together as long as Matthew does good, good messages on a weekly basis. Or my group leader stayed in t- stays intact. Or whatever else. We are united. We are joined together by the Lord Jesus in membership. And we ought to go through highs and lows together, working through those challenges, not bailing at the first opportunity. He has joined us together. He has also united us together. He has made us one with each other. Such such an amazing thing to think about the fact that we who may, in other situations, not like each other very much, God has seen fit that he would make us brothers and sisters. And not only that, that he would see us fit to become one body, one person, one entity here in South Florida. That we might be equipped to go out and do incredible and wonderful and fantastic things for him. The Lord Jesus will direct us. He supplies us. He unites us. And then to jump ahead to chapter 5 and cheat a little bit here, he's going to present us to himself. It's always nice to know what a leader wants in the end, what the end goal is. The Lord Jesus' end goal is for his church to be blameless and for him to take that church prepared for the wedding and give that church to himself in the marriage feast. What an incredible picture. It's also incredible to be able to look, open the mind of God and see what the Lord Jesus is trying to do. He's trying to make us like himself so that he can present us to himself. And we know that what God, do, God wills, God does, right? We know where God wants to go. He will go, and he will take us there. We just need to remember what our role is. My role is to equip. Your role is to grow. The Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, will direct us into eternity. And it all begins right now. The same people that were here last week are here this week. Same vision is here. We just want to sharpen it in this new chapter and do what the Lord has for us. I hope you're encouraged by this. If you have questions, if you have concerns, if you are wondering what is happening here and how this is all going to play out, we're going to have a a series of five question and answer nights beginning next Sunday afternoon. Between 4 and 5 o'clock, it's just going to be an ask Pastor Matthew and staff anything you want. We'll be in the dining room, and we'll give more information next Sunday. But we want to begin to be, build, or build upon the relationship that we have so that we can go forward together. I'm excited to see what God's going to do through us. He's been doing some fantastic things, and I know he has a lot of work to do. So we go forward together, and let's pray as we do.
Most High God, we come before you this morning just thankful. I, for one, am humbled. This was not the chapter I was planning, but Father, I'm so thankful that you put me here. I'm so thankful that you connected me with Bill Mitchell. I'm so thankful that you connected me with this church. And God, as we step forward together in this new chapter, we want to honor you. We want our hearts to be right with regards to you. We want to come together for the sake of unity and your glory. Pray that you'd help us in that. I pray, Father, that this would be not just a new chapter for the church, but even some in the room, that it may be a new chapter for their spirits, that this may be a day where they say, you know what, I need to, I need to start fresh. I pray, God, that you would move in their spirits even today. Pray for all of us as we go from this place today that we would go out united, excited, empowered, Father, to live uh, glorious lives, declaring your glory, declaring your purpose in us through our workplaces, through our neighborhood, through our schools. Pray, God, that you would be honored in all of these things. We entrust these things to you in the name of your Son, our head, our director, the Lord Jesus. Amen.